my fellow GCRs. Welcome back to another G Giant Contraband Robot. I am your host, Desmond Desi. It's Dad Robinson with my co host, Christian the Demolama, writer of Ventura. What's it doing, people? That right there was the Spectre, my fellow Spectres, everyone. Happy N7 Day here on Giant Contraband Robot. And no, this is not the first time I have done this. I have oh, done no. This three times, counted three times with Nerds Against the World. More nerds against the world later. It's in seven day. I am happy. I've been up since eight o'clock only because because of Bioware. Why? Why are you happy because of Bioware? We'll get to that. <laughs> we gotta set the rigmarole. Welcome back to all another Jay Contraband Robot. That right there was done by Jack Wall and Richard Jackis um, for the Mass Effect um, Mass Effect One. Um, soundtrack. We just I wanted to make note that isn't. Um, I don't want to get copyright. <laughs> Let people know like this is not mine. This <laughs> is not made for us. We are only using it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't come after us, EA. We ain't got money like that. We don't. Please don't. Um, but still. Uh, let's make sure you thought. You can catch the giant contraband robot on. Spotify, SoundCloud, coming soon to Stitcher. We are serious. We're going to we gonna come to Stitcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We tried Apple Podcasts again, got denied. For for God knows why. Was uh, it wait, is something, t- something weird about the, the logo or something? Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have enough pixels in our logo. I don't I don't get why it has. I'm like, what else the fuck you want us to do? Like, seriously. Like, all right. <laughs> Probably in 2021. The Giant Gods by Robo will probably get a new logo. I know someone who'll do it, but still. <sighs> Fucking Apple. I can't believe it. <laughs> Bend the knee. I have many reasons to not like Apple. Basically, when you sent me that text talking about that, uh, you gave me another. Yeah. So, uh, like Jon Snow, I'm going to have to bend the knee to fucking Apple and change the logo. So that's not the only thing that's going to be changing in 2021. So, yeah. And also, if you love music, you love mainly we play rock, punk, and everything in between, catch catch the Night Owl Show on KDHR.net. And it's the rebroadcast on on Spotify rebroadcast feed, simply at KDHR. You get us and a bevy of other radio show hosts Including us, um, this past week we did a K Rock tribute, and it was a very good chill cast. We didn't, we're and like here, we're not going to talk about the election, even though today is a happy day. We're not going to talk about the election because it's tainted in a way. It's, yeah, it's tainted for a lot of reasons, <laughs> and not because and not, mainly because of Biden and Harris, but. And, and Trump, but the, 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 if you look at the globe, the U.S. overall, you'll see why I say it's tainted. But bump all that shit. It's in seven day, and you want to know why I was up since eight in the morning? Why, man? Tell me why. We're gonna push that over to the towards the end of the episode. We're gonna start <laughs> off. <laughs> God damn it! You set me up for that bullshit. You got that right. Um, but we're gonna go with the updates to this channel well if you go to the podcast feed on Spotify Giant Contra World has a podcast feed which has artist talk and 
coming in 2021. Nerds Against the World, The Revival, will be back. We're going to have two OG members of Nerds Against the World on the panel. We're going to have new people on the panel as well. Um, for Nerds Against the World, we're going to be doing not just nerd topics, but we're also going to be talking about everyday topics like religion, race, representation in media, not only in video games, comic books, behind the scenes, YouTube as well, even podcasting. And like, yes, we it's diverse more, but it's always predominantly fucking white. And you, literally not a lot of black and Latin voices out there. And if they are, they barely get the same recognition or money like fucking Joe Rogan. <laughs> For real, right? Because Joe Rogan is all woke because he finally tried Salvia. <laughs> or DMT. But, or e DMT, exactly. Um, I'm about to say EMT, but... Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, for one, am very, very excited to be a part of it. Thank you again for that. No problem. Um, I'm excited to be part of the episodes because, yeah, like you said, it, it seems like it's going to be a very interesting mix of not only, like, not only the topics themselves, but the panelists themselves, like how they may have different views on certain things, but still share a common ground on certain on uh, on the topic, I, I I I'm waiting to see how this is gonna turn out, but waiting very excited. Yep, and the whole yeah. point, um, the whole point of this version of Nerds Against the World, um, we we still talk about Marvel, DC, and stuff like that, but we're nerds in different aspects of what we do in our personal lives, and the whole point of the Nerds Against the World revival is hopefully someone like Biden or Harris or. Gavin Newsom or somewhere because everyone who's on this panel are in different parts of the US um, or in Canada in our my friend Miriam's case she lives in uh, Manitoba Canada so, in Canada so yeah we're, we're we're global Nerds Against the World was always global um, the GCR is technically global we have people from different parts of the fucking globe that listen to the GCR which I am grateful for that thank you guys for supporting us for your lessons. <laughs> um, so it's better to have a voice from different parts of every, everywhere to hear um, and not just you see on the news you hear these people with monies uh, their opinions it's time you, for the world to hear people on the lower tier of either it's financial or fame like everyone has a different views of opinion like Christian said and it's time for everyone to be heard and People gonna bitch. I don't give a fuck. Yes, the majority of the panel is women. We men has said enough. It's time for the women to come out and speak. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Like it. It. The funny thing is, it's like when people talk about like, oh, there's too many women. It's like really because it's really. First of all, that's not very common. So if you can't handle it like once out of a blue moon, then that's its own issue. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but do you not want to hear the opinions of like different people like not really caring about gender in a certain way? But in like in in view of the topics, it's very important. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it doesn't matter who's talking about it. It's more like the view on what the issue is. Yep, in that sense. So who fucking cares? And in this case, and also another thing, the OG intro to Nazi's World is coming back. It was originally oh, um, done by my one of my good friends, Dirty Lim, the Dalama. Da um, he did. The oh, oh, I gotta meet this person now. 
he, <laughs> he originally um, did the, and he's currently mad at his own state for voting for voting for Trump. So right now, <laughs> I was gonna have him on. Legit, I was gonna have him on, but he's a little bit angry with his own with his own state right now. So right now, no, 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 no. We, like I said, right now, maybe next week when all this has died down, we'll talk about the presidential election. But for specifically right now, he gets the shout out because he created the original logo ten years ago. I mean, the intro. He wrapped okay. it. He wrapped it out and everything. Nice. Um, so I'll, that will be played. So we're bringing that back. Um, so if you don't hear Marvel or DC, Marvel and DC will be brought up when we get to representation and media. But in this case, it's not a specific topic. But I am currently working on season two. So that I know season two definitively will be out summer of 2021. See, we got greenlit already. Oh, yeah. Well, I could pull a Netflix, green light it, and just cancel it right off the bat. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry to fans who love Alter Carbon. Ugh, dude, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I don't have a reason to watch it now. <laughs> Why you gotta hit me where it hurts, man? Because that shit was good. I don't give a fuck. Um... <laughs> okay. Uh... For those that don't know, now you know, season one of Alter Carbon, fucking awesome. Season two marginally less better but still worth it why is now it marginally less better is it because the black man is the, ho- is the lead hmm? no hmm? no not at all they kind of like changed the way the story pacing was <laughs> I had more issues with the story than any of the Anthony Mackie's performance which was actually probably the highlight of most of it for the I'm, record I'm just fucking with you because um, <laughs> I was going to go on Twitter and call out um Greg, um, Tim Geddes, and um, Andy Cortez of Kind of Funny, they mistaken Laz Lonzo from The Boys, who's also in Fast Five, with Michael Jai White and The Dark Knight. How you, how do you mistake a light-skinned brother with a dark-skinned martial artist slash actor? Big oof. Oh. They, they don't look alike. We don't look, look, look. look. All black people, Mexican people, don't look alike. Right? It's and, like, hey, I am or Carlos, your landscaper. All right? And on top of that, Andy Cortez, <laughs> you are a minority. You pulled the whitest. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I'm hoping that they listen to it, but I know for a while they're not going to listen to it, but I'm just going to say this. Bruh. That's on the level of home Channel Five calling Samuel Jackson Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, oof! Uh-huh. You can tell Samuel Jackson wanted to say, "Nigga, we all look like." <laughs> yeah, that, he probably he probably would. That was that is some composure. Because I would have flipped. I would have flipped. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. Um. Yeah, that's Nerds Against the World. Artist Talk, episode three. Um, episode two took place before the election. That was intentional because uh, me and Derek was talking about his journeys, chronicling everything that Kim Jong-un was doing and the formation of Trump's rallies, all the way up to him being elected uh, um, to currently where we are now. 
Now, it reflected before the election. Now, it made sense to do that before the election because we don't know, we did not know where it was going to go. Right. So, definitely check out his episode to get his perspective because his art was based, his art is based off of what everything, and it's been going on with the Republican Party, not just Trump um, himself. Um, But episode three is going to have Mark, uh, Mikey. Um, her episode is very interesting being a queer woman queer, young queer Asian woman um, especially an artist um, and that's her episode is the reason why we're talking about representation in media and also um, um, male and female toxicity um, because there's just not only male toxicity there's feminine text on toxicity as well um, her episode really opened my eyes, especially in terms of uh, what I assumed was a safe space within the art department and um, at my alma mater. Apparently there's not, but you can get more on that episode this Tuesday at 1 p.m. PT, a specific time. Definitely check that out. Um, TMNT, Secret of the Ooze, will be coming soon. But let's just say this. Me and Christian was on a roll. We was having some laughs. He was hitting trivia. Oh yeah, it was a it was a good old podcast, you know. And then OBS bubbles. OBS done. OBS done went night night, and then uh, it's, and it's, then uh, it, it, we we wanted to make sure we preserved our proper our recording equipment. Yep. So we had to postpone. <laughs> um. So we're, we're we'll be coming back to do it. Um, but. It, it really did took the steam out of doing the episode because it, it was like we felt le- we legit felt defeated I was I'm, we're gonna be keeping 100 we felt defeated and we was also on hiatus for a good minute for just two weeks yeah yeah like that that's also when uh, you know a lot of stuff started going down too you know um, we're not gonna get into your personal life I'll just say for me I was burnt out yeah, no, yeah, I, I concur. Vocally, emotionally, I do not give a fuck. I still don't give a fuck about news topics that's going on. Well, especially the election. Even though I did vote it way before the fucking election. Still. Right, it's like, no, 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 no. We, you know, you gotta you gotta count those. Yo, yeah. Anyways. But uh, we're, if you're listening to this episode, we're back. And it's great to be recording on In 7 Day. Where ah oh, some good news came in. There's some great ass news. Um, we're gonna kick it right off with Spider Man though. Spider Man Three. There's no official title for it. Tom Holland has posted a picture. Yes, I follow Tom Holland on IG. He's back in the Far From Home suit, so we know that suit is being used in the movie. But he made a caption, I'm wearing two masks. Wear your damn mask. Thank you, Tom <laughs> I think I saw that one. Uh, like the one where he's like getting into a plane, I think. That's him getting into a plane. But this is him on set. He is in full costume. He's back on set. So, oh, shit. Uh, pretty much he's telling you, put your mask on if you want Spider-Man to come out in 20, um, 2022 all the time. Right, right. Like, let, let's all be heroes. Like I want to, I want to see 
this like this Spider-Man movie is gonna be fucking. I, Doctor Strange is in it. Um, Jacob Badalon has lost all that weight. Jamie right. Jamie Foxx is in it. And they still, it's gonna be it's gonna be so weirdly interesting, man. And they're still casting the movie, apparently. Still? And they already started filming? Probably they're filming, um, probably, from my understanding, probably suits his, his costume. So, like, probably, like, maybe what happened at the end of Far From Home. Going oh, out, like, maybe, yeah. Right off the bat from there and then moving forward. And they did say um, Benedict Cumberpatch is only filming for, like, a short time. Anyway, so it was probably they probably knocking out his scenes so he can go in and get ready for Doctor Strange um, and the universe of madness. Was it universe or multiverse? Multiverse. God damn it! <laughs> Thank you. <Got> it. <laughs> um, so I'm hyped for that one. Um, I'm cleaning my glasses because this time it's not the gray hairs, my fucking greasy ass fingers. <laughs> Could they be greasy because of the food? No. Oh fuck no. Um, that goddamn cat got into something. Well, the coconut um oil I have. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't even like the coconut oil when I put it on your goddamn fur. What the fuck you touching it for? Damn it. Just wants to exfoliate. Damn. No. I love my cat. I, I love my cat. I love all cats. The cats can do stupid shit. <laughs> but you love your cat. But I love my cat. Um, speaking of more Spider-Man, Miles Morales' Spider-Man will be out next week. Uh, well, technically the 12th, right? The 12th, the same day the PS5 and Xbox Series X is coming out. We're, real, we're a couple of days away from the next gen, people. We're a couple of days away. But if you're a game of reviewer, um, you're already there. You're already playing online. Or if you're Greg Miller, you already have the platinum trophy for Spider-Man. Damn, dude. So there's that. <laughs> God damn it. And no, ladies and gentlemen, we did not qualify to receive a free console. Neither Xbox or PlayStation. Oh yeah, those uh, those pre-orders went quick, and uh, I I worked during the day, so I couldn't make it. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about review copies. I'm not talking about like um, actually didn't buy one. Oh, I'm just talking about just regular copies, man. Like we are, and plus I'm 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 broke. I'm I'm this close for like literally begging you guys for money. <laughs> Because, oh my god, at the same time, this, um, everything we're learning, we're about to hear today, in terms of Spider-Man, Mass Effect, god damn it, Lego is going to be releasing a huge-ass model of the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Dude, I know you're going to get that. It's $200, man. I know you're going to save up for that at some point. It's either save up for that or get a PlayStation. Or get an Xbox. I can't. I can't. Damn, you legit. That's a toss up for you, isn't it? Yeah, because if we were still work, if I was still working, 
Oh, be like, all right, this month, I'll get the Ecto-1. Next month, I'll get my PlayStation. And then the next month, I'll have my Xbox, which means in three months, if we were still working, I'll have everything. But no, notice, notice he still chose the Ecto-1 first. Oh, you got damn right. But then also, this is going to be controversial. Um, and I'll okay. elaborate more when we get to the Mass Effect portion of our podcast. Okay. I was not generally excited for the next gen console because there was no games that really was like, oh, this is what I need to be playing. Not even Miles Morales Spider Man. Okay. But I'll elaborate more when we get to the Mass Effect portion. Okay. Um well, speaking of Spider Man again. This is coming from GameSpot with the article written by Phil Hornshaw. Spider-Man Miles Morales will include a big tribute to the Black Lives Matter movement. Insomniac Games took some criticisms for making Peter Parker Spider-Man such as a fr- such a friend of the police, but course correct with some um, some of this with its in-game spinoff. Um, now, side note to that, I really did not have a problem with that. It's just even though at the time where a lot of uh, people of color are being killed, needlessly killed by police, while white criminals are being handcuffed and taken away, and it's still to this day, it is still happening. Hence why I said this is uh, the election is stained because nothing is being taken care of on that front. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Spider-Man, when you look at comics, uh, movies, hell, cartoon series, and Peter Parker, Peter Parker Spider-Man tend to hinge on because you have someone like J. Jonah Jameson who owns the Daily Bugle, who has, who is legit the Alex, more smart thinking Alex Jones, Ben Shapiro-like person. And like this, J. Jonah Jameson legit predates Alex Jones and Ben Shapiro. Okay, but he basically embodies the spirit of it. But those guys are super hateful. J. Jonah Jameson has a reason to hate Spider-Man. And here's the other: J. Jonah Jameson is a fictional character. True, but uh, who holds fictional hate towards another fictional character? Whereas the other people you're comparing are real people who speak as though they are animated. That's true. But, um, everyone's like, what's the fuck these comparison goes by? If you play Spider-Man or if you read any of the, I want to say 2011, 2012 runs, I was now 2008 to 2011 run of Spider-Man, J. Jonah Jameson is now the mayor of New York. So which means okay. now he has sway over the police, which means now the police can now go after Spider-Man. Huh. Until J. John Jameson finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And now he's like, <laughs> Peter used that to his advantage. You married my aunt. So whatever happens to me, divorce and knowing my aunt, she's going to take half of everything which you got. Damn. The only time Peter Parker becomes petty. I mean, it's kind of warranted in that aspect, though. Yeah. Um, and if you're going by the Civil War route, J. John Jameson was not the mayor of New York. And 
he legit sued Peter close to a billion dollars for all the money that he gave him for Spider-Man picks, but also mental anguish. Mental anguish? What the fuck? Yeah. You were the Spider-Man the whole time. Fuck you. Give me a million dollars. No, full well, Peter ain't gonna be able to pay that shit. But you know who did? Who? Tony Stark. <laughs> and then Tony Stark betrayed him and then almost got Peter Parker killed by having all of his villains and villains that Spider-Man never fought before damn near killing him. Fuck. Oh, yeah. This is the one time Spider-Man legit... And this is going to lead me back to a road talking about Mark Millar. And, and Jeff Lope. Nope, nope, nope. Miles Morales. And the police. Um, tangent aside. Right. I did not see a big deal of it. The police and Spider-Man was like so ingrained with one another. And this is, a, like you said, Christian, this is a fictional world. You can't dictate a fictional what is being done in a fictional we, we you can't always bring real life into a medium if it was a, yeah if it was a comic book it makes sense video yeah. games it that is is that is a blurred topic because of late right now rockstar tends to do that but they do it in a more of a parody sense no um same goes for any call of duty game and the division in some extent but those right. are parodies of what could happen and in rockstar case what is happening in terms of american and europe um in the uk what's going on in there and our respective countries but when it comes to spider-man right. i feel to me he should be exempt because do we really need the whole game of him shitting on the police even though he yeah. could, he could justifiably do that because they all talk his shit about him, right? But that would really just that'll kill the flavor of the game and kill the flavor of who Spider Man is. Yeah, like overcoming no matter how much shit is piled on you, you need to overcome it and move forward. Right. That's the whole point of Spider Man. Be greater. God damn it. Like it wouldn't be within Spider Man's character to like. To like start actively like be militant, re yeah, be militant and like reacting against police. If anything, it's just be like, okay, I can't do anything about how much they hate me, so I need to just continue to be the best thing that I can and show them through my acting. Oh yeah. See that's see, see that's how we eloquently put it. One two punch. Now back to lives. Um. Miles Morales Spider-Man returns to the um, players, returns players to New York City of its predecessor. But the political climate in the real world has changed significantly since Marvel Spider-Man, which came out in 2018. Um, yep, two years ago, people. Damn. With the months of protest against the police brutality taking place in cities across the country following the deaths of George Floyd, in May, Insomniac Games' new title takes place takes current events into account. In an unambiguous way, paying tribute to the Black Lives Matter movement with a massive in-game mural that unlocks after you complete a line of side quests. 
Games Radar reports that you will find the mural upon the completion of a series of side quests in which Spider-Man helps out various people in New York, specifically in his hometown of his own neighborhood of Harlem. Which is kind of cool. You you kind of wish that Luke Cage was in his world. Like, technically, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil exist in this world. But since yeah. Like, but the thing is, though, and they need to be specific. Yeah, it's Harlem, but Miles is specifically located in Spanish Harlem. Yeah. So even like even if you look watch Luke Cage season two specifically, you get to see. Harlem, that Alfred Woodard's character is trying to defend, and you, then you get to see Spanish Harlem. So it's like you get you get all that fucking flavor of like old school jazz with that Latin samba with the, all that all that flavor. Mm. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not gonna. I, I promised myself I wouldn't do it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I'll, I'll say this. When did Latin women get as thick as 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 the sisters out here? Done. They, dude. They done been. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. All right. I, I, and I know we said earlier, we're, we're, we're trying to do better. But look, look. As someone who grew up through the '90s and '80s. Okay. Especially in high school, not everyone was thick. No, that's true. All of a sudden, now. Everyone who I went to high school with, all right, part of college, suspect, all right, you're sus. Where, where, <laughs> where, where, where did all this extra come from? It, it ain't from the quarantine food, all right? I seen my friend gain some weight from quarantine food, all right? That is sus. Okay? Sus. <laughs> all right? So sus. When Black Cat comes out of nowhere, all right, you sus. You said you was going on the straight and narrow, and all of a sudden, string of shit getting robbed. All right, black cat, you sus. Speaking of black cat, she may get a TV series. Really? She was supposed to get a movie with Silver Sable, but now it looks like black cat's getting a TV series. See, all this ties together, people. I know everybody's like, wait, you talking about Latin women and Spanish Harlem. Yo. I'm trying to go to Harlem, all right? I'm trying to go on the Luke Cage tour, all right? I'm trying to get Luke... I'm trying to get Luke Cage more back into the medium, all right? Uh, hence why I'm talking about Cuban roast, but we all know I don't drink coffee. Oh. Like, come on. Come on, son. Like, I do wish Luke Cage was in this fucking video game. Like, can you imagine you web-swinging... And you just hear "Sweet Christmas," you be like you know who instinctly is that who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just imagine. No, this is an inside joke, a major inside joke. <laughs> oh, this is an old podcast, old Nerds Against the World. I don't know if Benita want to bring this up. Um, we was talking about Luke Cage, and she said she's been to Harlem before. She said, this man can get me pregnant any day. This is from a woman who says she does not want children. <laughs> like. Like the context is so important in that. I was like, what? She was like, yes. She was like, no, Spider-Man, he'll, he'll, 
he'll make me have a Charlie horse. So I was like, we really doing this right now? She was like, yes. I was like, all right. I said, I would not have relations with She-Hulk. And you should know why, Christian. Uh, she's gonna fucking destroy you? Thank you. Death by Snoo Snoo. I mean, not gonna lie, though, that's how I'm trying to die. Uh, no. I'm, I, I, I'd rather be Kith in the situation. I don't want to be Zap or Fry in the situation. Bro, uh, uh, thighs, thighs are, are, are saved lives. Even though they technically take lives. And I will be screaming Black Lives Matter if I die in between thighs. <laughs> Speaking of Black Lives Matter. Um, no, I'm not editing this out. We're pat- we're padding this episode because I don't want to blow in in the in the proverbial sense. If I talk about nothing but Mass Effect, I will proverbially blow my load, and that would be the episode. So we're padding the episode today. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> Spider Man and these rando topics, like we always do. And if you watch Kind of Funny, it's kind of part of the course with us because they, they, they tend to stay on topic then just one little thing just derails it. But like the report, like the report said, um, the mural upon completion um, throughout Harlem, when you knock out all the quests, you receive an uptown pride suit, which is black and yellow, the colors associated with the Black Lives Matter movement. The cutscene awarding you the suit takes place in front of the mural featuring the slogan. And right off the bat, it this is the artist, the same artist who did Spider Man is also who also um I think if I'm correct did the artistry for the mural for the game and it looks one hundred percent amazing. I love the nice. I love the color palette. I love the the structure of the different variations of what uh people of color looks like, especially Miles who's half black, half Puerto Rican. Um you just get all that, and it's, and it's not outright. And I don't think this is like outright. Put it in your face. This is just like it's just like another mission strap. But you get something um, that's associated with this movement. Um, and I know, and and if you're listening to this, if you feel this is tainted by me, after everything you heard for like three minutes to now, deal with it. Um, <laughs> Now, this, this is legit. It's a, it's a great... Um, and I gave you the article, so you should be able to look at this yourself. But um, audio listeners... Well, God damn it. I think keep thinking we're doing video. Oh! Why do we keep... Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> why do I keep doing that? We, we are fucking doing audio. <sighs> it's uh, it, it's literally just like a, like a reflex or something. I know... God damn it. Anyway, um, the color of the suit looks great. Um, it is a variation of uh, Miles's black and red suit, except for it has extra accents to the suit, which looks also still looks amazing. Um, it looks more like something that the Wasp will be wearing, which kind of is like, or Yellow Jacket, if you if you were um, in the Ant-Man ter- um, territory, but the suit still looks great. Um, and the mirror looks even just as amazing. I'm just like I'm looking at it even more. I'm I'm legit loving the fucking mirror. I, this is something I would love as a poster. Hmm. 
that uh, that would be like honestly badass so yeah um continuing on miles is like we said before is half black half puerto rican teenager and his experience is a major part of his character, both in the game and the comics that inspired it. Still notable for a big game to um, to take such a prominent stance, especially since game developers and publishers are notoriously backing away from politics, even when their games seems to pretty be clear in the messages. The Black Lives Matter um, tribute in Miles Morales also comes after Insomniac was criticized in 2018 for making Peter Parker's Spider-Man work so closely with the NYPD especially after nationwide protests against uh, police brutality. GameSpot, um, GameSpot's own Jordan um, Rami wrote in, in his Spider-Man Miles Morales review that Miles Morales stumbles in pacing and differentiating himself from his predecessor, but it's still a superhero journey worth taking, especially because of the focus on Miles' identity and experience. Hmm. Um, it, is a boy, um, it continues on with... <clears throat> It's a bit of a bummer to see Marvel's Miles Morales Spider-Man trip up at certain points, but thankfully that doesn't happen often, he wrote. The game wastes little time jumping you into Miles' story and rarely lets up um, on the breaks, packing the young wall crawler's first solo outing with, a more su- with more superpowers and radio chatter than the game needs. And yet, despite its frantic pace, Spider-Man Miles Morales is a compelling open-world action game that helps highlight why Miles is so special. His culture, its Miles' unique differences, um, and earnest attempts at figuring out how to protect his community, and that makes him into such a wonderful hero, not the mask he wears, and his superpowers that he wields. Which is cool. Um, yeah. Another thing, another thing that I actually liked, and I was watching, um, once again, harking back to Kind of Funny, their re- non-spoiler review, um, they said... At a point in the game, when Miles was with his mother, Rio, he, they slip in and out of Spanish. So if you have subtitles, if, like it, it is a good that is a normal household. Yeah, it is. Like when you when you hear that slipping in between, at least at least for me, it seems very normal, very kind of like weirdly real. Because I know, like I talk to my mom like that. Um. So like. There is some instances where, yeah, if you want, if you need subtitles to know what Miles is saying, keep the subtitles on. If you don't, and if you are someone who is, who is bilingual, it is a welcome change for you because that is that is not that. <clears throat> I'm stumbling on my words. That it's is not common. That is not common in video games. Yeah. And that is super refreshing, especially the fact there's a character, there's a character, a muralist, who happens to be deaf, and Miles, and if you see videos of it. Miles don't make note of it that he he knows how to do sign language, and then and there is a video that Genki's like, oh, that mirrorless. They don't mention the fact that of her disability. They just say, oh, the mirrorless or the, that person who makes these mirrors. And Miles just happens to know how to do sign language, and that is fucking awesome. We don't need to make a note of person's um, disabilities or if they are non-binary or if they're gay, straight or whatever. I very much appreciate the fact, or not the fact, but I appreciate when, when like, representation like that is not necessarily, like, shoehorned in, but just kind of, like, matter of fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, this is just, it's just like anything else of any other character. This is just a trait of this person or yeah. this character. And that is something that I think, um, I think Miles Morales Spider-Man will be the first game to actually do this. Because I, I figured Last of Us would be that game 
but it just beats you over the fucking face. <laughs> like, oh, Ellie's gay. Okay, we know she's gay. Why do we need to hammer that shit over and over and over? Like, okay, we know, but I mean, it's important to her character, but it's also not important to the story or drama of the moment. I know, and then like, um, the, one of the criticisms of Last of Us 2, Abby having sex. There was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to send thing like how. I was like, that is kind of normal, for two people who has history. Yes, it's still fucked up that, homie. If you haven't played Last of Us, I'm not gonna say the spoiler. It's a spoiler. Okay. I'm not. I'll be nice on Last of Us too, but like the Ellie thing, the, the Ellie part, that is in trailers. So this is not a, like this is not like open. This is like a big thing. It's in trailers, so we can openly talk about that part, Ellie. But the reason why um, I can't go more into Last of Us too because it's more of a spoiler territory, and I know you haven't played it. Right. So I'm not going. I'm not going to go more into it. But their the games, instead of being naturally progressive with it, is more hitting you over the head with it. Try to be like to put it in context. If you watch Don't Be a Menace in South Central, every you're <laughs> just in the hood. Every other fucking scene, you got Keenan Wayne's message. Message. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> It beats you over the head with it, but in a fucking comedic way, though. Yeah, so, like, every time I see video games do that, message! Message! He fucking sticks his head in the window, like, in the house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I'm hoping, like, it looks like Spider-Man is being the out of, hell, any title of a video game is going to be where it's now reflective of what our society is today. And I'm I'm down I'm down for it. I don't feel and some people are saying this Black Lives Matter thing is forced. This was in production for a long ass time. Yeah, it's like no 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 no. What was forced was the oppression upon an entire group of peoples. Yeah, that's what was forced. You're getting yourself mixed up there. But it's okay. We're talking about it. Yeah, and and if this was like so last minute, they would probably did an update and then included it. No, this is already in the game. Yeah, this was in. This was thought of at the development of the game. And then on top of that, Insomniac don't give no fucks about y'all. All right, I was fortunate enough to go to an Insomniac um, game reveal for um, Resistance Three, and that was out. And Damn. I'll tell you right off the bat, we make games for people who wants to play a game and don't bitch about it. But not in those in those exact terms. <laughs> like nah. they don't give a fuck that y'all don't like the, the new Peter Parker look. They have said numerous of times the technology that they had at the time Spider Man was being made, they couldn't do what they wanted to do. Now that they have the resources, they took advantage and yes, they recast Peter Parker. But they leave and yeah. say we have an actor that looks like the voice actor who also did the motion capture. Yeah. So, it's just more cohesive overall. Yeah, um, I, I would say I would give credence. Like I did see how Mary Jane looks, and she looks a lot more smoother than she does mm-hmm. in the PS4 version. But I'm like, this is a next gen console. You can't expect games, and people tend to keep in. Look, the degradation of smarts has went down as we go. 
as the generation is going. Mm-hmm. Because look at the start of the PS4. Um, Sucker, Sucker Punch is a good example. Look at when the PS4 started, we got Infamous Second Son. To the, right. towards the, and then we at the end of the PS4 cycle, we got Ghost of Tsushima. Look at the leaps in development, um, especially in terms of technical, the technical side of development has achieved in gaming. Dude, that's so interesting to think about because it's like, damn, I, I do remember Infamous Second Son being the first game I ever played when I got my PS4. And then, like, comparing it to Tsushima, it's like, wow, it's the same hardware. Yeah, the same hardware, but there was, like, there was, you can tell things that they wanted to do, they was able to do with Tsushima. Yeah. So, like, they just took what they what they felt what they lacked, or they didn't, they didn't 100% get right, and I felt they got it 100% correctly with Tsushima. I feel like that would be an interesting question in and of itself. Like, what developers developed a game in the right at the beginning of the PS4 lifecycle and developed another one right near the end, and how do those compare to each other? I would put Insomniac with that with, uh, with Ratchet & Clank, but Ratchet & Clank, right. the next game, won't be out until the PS5, which would be... So that, in a way, yeah, because they did have a Ratchet & Clank game at the start of the PS4, at the end of three, into the fourth one, in the fourth PS on PlayStation, and now we're coming into the. I don't. I have not played a Ratchet and Clank game since the PS2 era. <laughs> but this oh, one, yeah. this one may may get me back to playing a PS uh, Ratchet and Clank game. I bet you know. I like. I've been wanting to play Ratchet and Clank again, and Jack and Daxter. Naughty Dog needs to get back to the roots, man. Give us another Jack and Daxter game. Dude, remember Jack and Daxter, like, as a series? That was... That it was a good... That I miss that PlayStation 2, Xbox 360 era. Yeah, for I, real. I was like... I want to say, in that era, I was about 14... Between... the That era, I was between the age of 14 to about... 17 because the ps3 came out i want to say i was about 18 18 19 years old when the ps3 came out okay Wait, no, 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 no. let me i'm on the fucking computer <laughs> PS, yeah, when did the ps3 release date was november 17 2016 so i was about PS3 only came out four years ago? 2006. Oh, I heard 16, sorry. November 17, 20, 2006. So, um, my, this was a year before, oh, fuck, a year before my mother's passing. Um, so I was about 20, yeah, 24. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh fuck! But damn, I've been playing the damn from the age of fourteen to fucking twenty-four. That's that is still a, that is still a long console cycle for the PS2. Yeah, dude. Wait, let me. PS2 came out two thousand. It sounds right. Damn. 
So six. Yeah, because they they had their their twentieth anniversary this year. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh man, because that's where. Um, speaking of that era, I that's where the three sixty. That's where I got my first Xbox. Mass Effect. Now we're in the Mass Effect portion of this. Well, we'll put a pin on that one. <laughs> the PlayStation 5 features is something I really want to talk about. Okay. Um, looking at the... Because I felt PlayStation's UI video was trash. Because that made me more disinterested in this new console generation. They did uh, the exact opposite for me, but I think we, I think we looked at that different, like in different ways yeah and but looking at some like once again going back to kind of funny um because funhouse wasn't doing it um and most of the channels and most of the youtube channels that i do that i do follow are so bare they need youtube needs to fix their fucking algorithm they really need to because there is youtube channels their algorithm so long ago i just gave up on it already but um because Greg Miller popped up. It's only because I do watch a lot of their content. But um, he showed the UI system. And it looks fucking phenomenal. Like, I now have a better understanding of how everything works. Especially if you have digital to physical games. like, And then it reminds me of the Xbox. Um, 100% like the Xbox. Which means PlayStation is now catching up to the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know your trophy progressions. You know how close to you, you are now to making your hidden platinum. If you care about, really, the trophy system. Um, you can switch games. If you, if let's say you are going 100% digital. You're not, you probably, if the only physical thing you're going to do is watch 4K DVDs, right? But yeah. If, if you have all digital games, you can switch your fucking games on the fly. You don't no longer have to go to your fucking game saves. It's literally, I mean, your game files, it's literally right there. You hit the PlayStation button, your game list pops up. You can switch on the fly. Yep. I remember I was a hater about it, like when when things started going more digital. And to a point, I do still really like the idea of purchasing um, DVDs and owning them, just because I don't like the idea that, like, if the server is off, I don't have access to things that I gave money for. You know what I mean? Um, but, but taking that whole argument aside, this year alone has shown me a lot of the merits of digital gaming, um, like all digital like download and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's to the point now where I'm questioning what, which actual console I'm going to get for the PS5. Yeah. Um, I say for me, I'm still going to get an Xbox right off the bat because Game Pass, like for me with game, if it's, if, an X, if it's an Xbox game, I really wouldn't care about if it's physical or digital because I have Game Pass, which means it's eventually going to be on Game Pass or I can get a better discount through um, through Game Pass with these games. Yeah, like Xbox is fucking cornering the market with their game uh, Game Pass thing over the PlayStation Plus subscription. Yeah, um, but back on the PlayStation, through the settings menu, you can now turn on subtitles because we talked about it with Miles Morales. You can now turn on your subtitles in any language in your own country, and as soon as the game starts, boom, the subtitles are up. 
that's pretty that's pretty cool especially for like people who always turn them on for every game yeah. not having to do that and it's just on by default that's awesome but the, um i remember we was talking before we recorded you said you had a little bit of a problem with that yeah i the the problem i have with that is like i specifically know that i would have to turn it off just because i love playing video games like with subtitles on don't get me wrong mm -hmm. and most of my content that i consume that is video based i i use closed captionings or i put subtitles on um, but for but when it comes to video games, there's certain games where it's like I don't care that much about like oh well that's not right to say I don't I pay less attention to the dialogue and, or it seems less important for me to pay attention to the actual words being said and more to appreciate the visuals of the game because otherwise I start reading it very differently. Okay, I would say my 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 focus then becomes am I comprehending the story. Or am I choosing to uh, comprehend more the visuals of what I'm seeing? You see, for me, with subtitles, I, I treat video games now like if it's a fucking movie. Um, so I always will have subtitles on because sometimes you you won't catch what the fucking game character is saying because sometimes the ADR sucks in the game. Sometimes, yeah. So I always have subtitles on because of the ADR. ADR. But yeah. in terms of what PlayStation is doing, it's already on default is you have to physically turn it on for the game to be affected to have the subtitles automatically on. Same goes for game difficulty settings. That can be right. now, that can be now turned um, turned to whatever setting you want in the game through your settings. And it's already on default, so it's not gonna be on it's, it says game default in the settings so which means unless you physically change it in your settings menu and on your console settings menu it won't affect the game so you can still go into the game so let's say you're playing Tsushima you can you have now have that choice to be like I want it to be hard with the subtitles on and when the game boots up every um, the game will let you know the game will let you know you have did your settings this way. The game will now reflect your settings on the console. That is fucking... That is something... Uh, well, I haven't seen anyone um, do the Xbox UI and how now their approach to games are. So, so right. far, this is what we're seeing with PlayStation is doing, which is like, holy fucking shit. And speaking of Tsushima, two things. One, the anniversary of the Battle of Tsushima was this past Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yep. And also, the game looks fucking amazing. More amazing than it already is, is on the PS4. It looks fucking gorgeous on the PS5. Even oh, my God. So. I can't wait to play it on PS5 again. Like That is, is going to be my replay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to replay that, and I'm going to replay uh, Spider-Man for sure. Because I'm like, I, I'm, my, curious, my curiosity has peaked on Spider-Man, the remaster, because I want to see... Now, if you play Miles Morales first, you'll see the new remastered Peter Parker on there. What I've been told, and it has been confirmed, you'll see that fear first. Or if you're a purist, you play the remaster first, then Miles, then it won't be so much of a jarring shock. Knowing me... Okay. Because, yes, this is, I know my brothers are buying, I know one of my brothers is buying Miles Morales. 
Hence why I'm replaying it now on the PS4. <laughs> so, as soon as I'm done, I know I'm going to be able to play Miles right as soon as I'm done. Yeah. But the thing is, though, and this is, y'all hearing it here first, no one knows how Peter Parker looks on the PS4 version of Spider-Man. Oh, whether they're the old model or replacing it with a new one? Yeah. No one knows. No one has reported on that. Huh. So, Interesting. Yeah. It's this coming Friday is going to be very, on um, Friday the 12th. Very interesting. Very interesting. But very interesting. Speaking of next gen. Next gen. Like I was saying at the top of the episode, I got up this morning at 8 o'clock in the morning for one specific reason. Like we, man, I mentioned numerous of times throughout this episode, it's in seven days. And I couldn't, this legit, this would have been a 30-minute 30, a 30 episode if I was just talking about Mass Effect. And I do not want to put out a podcast with two people. Now, if this is artist talk, it's justified to do a 30-minute episode. Yeah. But it's not, just. I don't feel it's justified for that, for this one. Like, I, I wanted to legit talk about Spider-Man, the little tangent we had in the middle. I did want to. No, make that sense. Was, He's still in the middle of it, so what the fuck's going on with Mass Effect, bro? Like I said, I was not really hyped. Even all these games that we saw throughout um, summer summer games fest, right? I wasn't really hyped. And if you've been following me now since the pandemic started, I've been talking about Mass Effect Remaster like like hard fucking core. We had articles of insider information, and that insider information was fucking correct. Yep, it, it was leading us down the right road. Spring 2021, Mass Effect Remastered is coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, like we mentioned before, not on the Switch. So that is a, that is a no-go, but it's also coming out for the PS5, Series X, and the PC. Oh my god, dude! That woke me up. I'm definitely, definitely excited for that shit. I want to replay the game. I, I want to replay the games. I am legit happy. Um, I was legit losing my faith. I'm losing faith that EA or Bioware was going to do anything on N7 Day. Um, they're doing a tabletop RPG game, which is fine. Wait, Rit? Wait. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. No, uh, we, we, we talked about it, but not on air. Right, right. Yes, this is something I definitely want to run for you guys, if uh, I recall and then on top of that, Mark Mir and Jennifer Hale, the voice of FemShep and MelShep, are legit on Bioware's Twitch feed. They are playing the game for um, Extra Life, which is cool. You're getting both Shepherds in one game. Dude, that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. That's actually pretty fucking awesome. And also, if you're a big Bioware fan, Mark Mir is almost in every fucking Bioware game. As I mean, of course. He is a prolific video game voice actor. Among, among you know, uh, yeah, as if Jennifer Hale and, you know, the rest of the voice cast weren't. The only reason I say that, Jennifer Hale technically has done, like, you can tell it's Jennifer Hale, but with Mark Mir, 
like certain character voices, grunts, deaf um deaf screams, alien noises. Right. That's all Mark Mir. The demon is here. Oh god, I can't do a grunt impression. <laughs> Save my life. Um so Jennifer Hell, she's Krim in Dragon Age, um, Inquisition. She I forgot what character she voices in. Um like she's mainly She's everywhere too, but it's like she's more of a, the author, authoritarian type of character which, when you have um, Jeff Hell. Or Mark Mirror, you can just throw him in any old fucking thing. The only thing that has note that he's actually given some gravitas into some acting is Shepard. And that's the only time I'm going to be using a pretentious word like gravitas in this whole fucking podcast. <laughs> but this Mass Effect remaster has me more hyped for the next gen consoles. Like I'm I know I'm going to get it for the PS4 or right off the bat, full disclosure. I'm a type of gamer if I love something so much, I'm gonna have multiple copies of it. I have multiple copies of Dragon Age and Mass Effect already. I already have and it's on PlayStation X well not I don't have Mass Effect on PlayStation 3, but I have Dragon Age on PlayStation 3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and PC. Damn. Well, pretty much um, Dragon Age Origins and 2 are backwards compatible. Yeah. I have Inquisition twice for both consoles. Um, I still have my um, copies of Dragon Age on the PS on the PS3 that I still play every now and then um i have origins and i have mass effect one on the pc currently i have chroma squad on multiple co- on pc switch and the ps4 so yeah so suffice it to say if you like a game you're you're playing it everywhere yeah so yes i'm going to have the remaster on the ps4 and the xbox one yeah and what I will do, I'm going to be a purist. I'm going to have Mass Effect on, when I get the Series X, it's going to be on the Series X only. I'm not getting it on the PS5. Okay. Same goes for Dragon Age. When, we, when Dragon Age 4 comes out, it's going straight to the Xbox. I'm, not, I'm, going, to, I'm going to be a purist. That's how, I, that's how I was introduced to Bioware, was through the Xbox. Yeah, fair enough. See, that that's why I'm debating how I want to play it, just because I played 1 and 2 on Xbox, and I played... Wait, no, did I play... No, yeah, no, I played all three on Xbox. Actually, I take that back, never mind. I, for some reason, I thought I played one on PS3 or PS4, but no. No, 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 it was all Xbox. I'm confusing it with a different series. But um, let's get right into that article. Right. Um, Electronic Arts have officially confirmed the Mass Effect's um, trilogy release called Mass Effect Legendary Edition for consoles and PC. The announcement was made as part of its in-seven-day celebration, and it comes after months of reports, rumors of the collection. The bundle together, uh, the the collection bundles Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2 and 3, which originally was released in 2007 and 12, um, the original Mass Effect was released uh, as an Xbox 360 exclusive before eventually coming to the PS3 several years later. BioWare's games have been multi-platform ever since that release. Okay. 
Um, the tagline that Bioware is using for Mass Effect is your choices, your squad, your shepherd, relive the legend in a real in a remastered edition of the highly acclaimed trilogy. Mass Effect Legendary Edition arrives spring 2021. <laughs> now, I know. Oh, God, that's exciting. Now, here's little other things. The new versions will not be full remakes. So just clear the air right there. It's not a full remake. But Bioware intends to improve them so players can experience them in their best possible forms. According to the official announcement, that means better resolutions and frame rates and all the single-player DLC promotional items will also be included in the in this edition as well. For all three games, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, elements such as textures, shaders, character models, and effects will be improved for the Legendary Edition. The game missing from the collection is Mass Effect Andromeda, which has launched in 2017. It wasn't nearly as well received as its predecessors, and the Mass Effect series went on hiatus after it launched, with BioWare Montreal missing um, Montreal team assisting on other projects. The game featured a different set of characters, including a new protagonist. Now, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is due to spring, um, due to release in spring 2021 for the X. Like I mentioned, Xbox One, PS4, PC, and it will also be playable on the Series X and the PS5. There will be enhancements on the newer consoles as well, but more information on that will not be available until 2021. So we could be looking at um, between March and May of 2021 for this release. Damn. Well, I mean, either way, it's coming, but still. That's my hypothesis, though. Um, It could come out in April, or it could come out a little bit earlier. I mean, it would make sense. It would make sense. But technically, if we're looking at springtime, we're looking at March 1st to May 1st. Okay. Um, it isn't clear whether this will be released through a, a system delivered to Microsoft's smart delivery, delivery, giving players access to both last-gen and next-gen versions of the game. Along with this continued overhauls to Anthem, Bioware is also creating the next Jet Dragon Age game, but it doesn't yet have a name or a release date. We only seen brief. Um, we briefly seen uh, artwork for the game, so it could still be years away, likely to come out sometime before the new Mass Effect. Um, more on that new Mass Effect in a moment. Um, something I want to key touched upon. They talked about the smart delivery. Um, I feel. With this alone, I don't think it's going to be on um, Game Pass or uh, Microsoft Smart Delivery. I think that would be safe to say. Out of all, out of um, all the games that's coming out, I think the newer newer games for the console for the Series X will be that uh, will be like Cyberpunk because I know Cyberpunk has announced to be on Smart Delivery as well. Right. So I think for this remaster, well, in quotes. Is more of a remaster than a remake, which people, which is something that I was hoping for as a remake, but I'm fine with a remaster. Just um, being able to play the game again on the current hardware, so that way I don't have to like go find my old shit, hook it up, and be able to like play it in that quality. Mm-hmm. Like, is is honestly to me a little worth it? Yeah, because I think 
we're getting we blurring the line of remakes and remasters because yeah because it's two very specific things like final fantasy remake remade the game and all the assets yep. remaster just takes the assets you currently have and bumps them up to their best quality yes and the only reason why people are asking for a remake is because even my i don't like the ending to mass effect 3 i don't and I, we, I have been note, and we even did, um, it, no, it wasn't on GCR. I want to say it was on Night Owl where I complained about the ending to Mass Effect 3 and my hypothesis, like, on how to improve upon the ending. Um, but that's not going to happen. We all know. That's, no, Matt, we, it was our Halloween episode I talked about that. Yeah, it was our Halloween episode that we talked about that. Now I remember. Oh, okay. Um, but I know... That's not gonna happen. And hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm like one hundred percent. I know this. Not, that's not gonna happen. But I'm fine with a remaster, either way. Yeah, like I, like I said, a remaster to me seems more than fine. I I would love to get back into the game again, especially like you know being kind of starved for content. It's like I get it. Yeah, it's another remaster. It's content we've had before. But either way. I still want something to fucking grind on and have a good time with, and I know I enjoy Mass Effect. Yep, and this game, and there was like a, a fucking Xbox um, 360 game is making more hype than, bro, Godfall, man, fuck that game, alright? Fuck everything, <laughs> minus, minus smiles, fuck everything that's coming out on the 360, on the Series X and the PS5. Those games not, are not making me hype. The next Dragon Age game is making me hype. We, the next bit of the story we're going to get into is making me hype. This remaster is making me more hype for the next-gen consoles. Cyberpunk I, as well, whenever the fuck that will be out. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's see Let's see if we make it to this next deadline. Oh, yeah. But, um... Oh, man. Cyberpunk was literally supposed to be out next week. Yeah, supposed to be. ha, <laughs> ha. But whatever, it's okay. I've heard it all before, Cyberpunk. You talk to me when you got the game out, all right? Um, I, I legit think there was something in development that they well, called... Uh, supposedly, supposedly it had to do with the ports to like the to the current-gen consoles, no? Yeah. And That's was, what I heard. And I'm kind of glad that they caught it before the game came out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, I mean, like, I'd rather... And I agree with... Um, Jim Quisition, um, Jim Sterling. Um, the game should have been delayed for three more years. Oh yeah, for sure, for so sure. Instead of 2020, 2023. At least you know it's one hundred percent pot, and that's one of our topics for the um, Nerds Against the World revival. Should game releases stop? Should game companies stop giving game releases like movie studios should stop giving? Because we're in a new we're in. A, this is a new normal because of this pandemic. Stop. I guarantee you, I honestly, I kind of fucking blame it on the early inception stages of Minecraft. I don't know the context of that. You won't have to let me know. You're going to have to tell me that. Yeah, no. So um, I honestly, like, I remember, do you remember around the time Minecraft, like, was still in its alpha? It was. I remember it was starting. This is around the time G4 was still around so it was like this minecraft was like starting to become a thing before it like, right like five night at freddy's and everything 
Exactly, but I think that those are honestly like a cultural significance and a change in the way that like video games were being delivered at the time. Mm-hmm. That kind of made a lot of big companies kind of reevaluate how they operate their deadlines. Because as far as what I've noticed, right before Minecraft came out, I very distinctly remember all like video game companies being like, "Okay, this is when our game comes out," and it was very late in the process. They would like pr- they would publish out their stuff on you know, um, game game informant magazines and websites, Game Informer, you know, back, uh, and and a bunch of other stuff. And they they would say the date, release date of the game, and that's when it came out. There was no patches. There was nothing like that. This is when the game comes out. If there's problems, it had problems, but it was polished. Mm-hmm. So what I think happened and what I think changed was the fact that Minecraft Mojang in general was one-person team. Was. At the beginning mm-hmm. then it became eventually it had more members and then obviously it became what it is now to where like minecraft is still its only game but um but it's it's its main thing but um when when the alpha came out they offered the opportunity for people to uh to purchase the game before the beta was done and i know they're not the first ones to do it but they're they the fact that they did that and so many people like myself got in on it at the alpha and like um the the game became so popular before it had even come out that i think it actually t- um made a lot of the larger companies take notice like look who is this small independent company that can make this game and become so large that it is now within our frame of reference and in our entertainment space that normally is occupied by all these major companies how the fuck can they sell a game that technically isn't done yet, but still successfully make that much money so that way they can finish it? Like, it's not, like I said, they're not the first ones to do it, but the fact that they did it and it became so popular and the fact that, like, then a lot of the major companies notice, hey, if independent, like, companies can do it, we can start doing it. After that, I noticed, like, such a large trend Little by little, every year, getting more and more and more and more like common things like Assassin's Creed Unity ha- started happening, and more games started coming out where they had these major bugs before before they even fucking finished testing it because they wanted to meet the deadlines. True. I like I know it's not the only factor, but I feel like Minecraft was one of those major signal games that kind of showed that the market has changed and the way that people are willing to invest and spend on video games on a consumer level mm-hmm. has also changed. You know, talk about bug galore, anything that's from fucking Bethesda. <laughs> right, exactly. Egg fucking exactly. So hence why I'm expecting Microsoft, anything that Bethesda puts out, it better be tip top. Yeah, with, yeah, exactly. With Bob, I, I miss the days of being able to trust the date on a video game when it's supposed to come out and trust that the game would be done by then. Like, there's very little bugs in the Mass Effect trilogy, but Andromeda had some bugs. They, they had some, it wasn't game, some of them were game breaking to some people. Mine's was like minuscule, but, um, but oh my god, I can't wait to play. I can't wait. I, I just can't wait. Um, For real, dude. And I, I already still have two perfectly good consoles that I could play them on. So I was like, look, we now got this. Let's get a remaster for Origins 
and, in, and for two. Leave Inquisition alone. It's fine. Let's do the same thing for Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2. Come on. Yeah, it's like, you need Origins, like, sooner, and then you can work on two later. Like, come, come on, Bioware. Come on, come on. Bust a, bust a Microsoft, bust a, bust a 343, and give us the remaster of Halo Combat Evolved first, and then Halo com uh, Halo 2 later. Can you, can you like, now, actually, I feel Dragon Age 2, one, um, Origins and 2, they can more likely do the game, rework the game. Actually, no, I, I don't think they'll be able to do the mechanics of Origins and 2 to coincide with the engine, the game engine that they're using for Inquisition and Dragon yeah. Age 4. Yeah, and that's normally the problem that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to, like, porting games into newer consoles. It's not necessarily that, like, the console can't handle it or anything. It's more like the way that the code was written doesn't read the same anymore. Yeah. Look at, like we mentioned before, Final Fantasy VII Remake. You can't do, you cannot technically do the turn-based system with the new, with, with their, the, the, the um, approach to the game now, hence the, the more free-form combat that they're now currently, that Square Enix is currently doing. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. So in order to, you will have to turn Origins and Dragon Age 2, essentially clone it like Inquisition, yeah, you still got the story, but it's no longer... It's... You're basically redoing the entire game from the code up. Yeah, while still keeping the story in line. And if I was a billionaire, I would give Bioware that money. Like, keep the story as is. Just use the same combat. I mean, the, the same combat and um, engine that you use for Inquisition. That's a tall order with modern tech. And I, and I very much feel, like look what they, look what they. As much as people shit on Anthem, look how, as much as I shit on Anthem, that game looks amazing with the tech that they used. Oh yeah, the, and they, and they the pushed the for Anthem were never the tech in, behind the graphics. Um, like they pushed the limits of what they did with the same engine that they used for Inquisition and Andromeda for that for Anthem. And they're, mm -hmm. they're still using that engine for um, Dragon Age 4. And they're also mm -hmm. using the engine for... See that transition? Oh. New Mass Effect um, officially um, announced today on N7 Day uh, in development with a veteran team. Um, this is also from GameSpot, uh, written by Gabe Gerwin. Um, he writes... Many of us assumed that Bioware was going to announce a Mass Effect Trilogy collection during its 7 day and today, but we didn't expect this other piece of news, a new Mass Effect game in development and a bit of artwork to go with it as well. Dude. Um, details on the project are, skim are extremely scarce, so nothing big. We don't know what's going on. So just, even, with, even I don't know what's going on. I'm just happy that the fact we're getting something new. Um, uh -huh. But Bioware is working on the next chapter of the Mass Effect universe, but it will feature a veteran team from the company. It's unclear who will be involved in the project as of original creative director Casey Nutson now leads the entire studio, um, which is crazy. <laughs> um, Mass Effect Andromeda creative director Mac Walters appears to be still with the company and served as writer on the original games as well as Jade Empire. That is what um, Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, 
were the precursors to Dragon Age, also was the precursors to Mass Effect. And they also pulled from um, A Game of Thrones, J.J.R. Martin's um, um, novels for Dragon Age. So, character deaths, everything that happens within the Mass um, Dragon Age world, blame the creator of the Game of Thrones. A little inside information for you all. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah, seriously. That thing, sir, um, I will tell you this. If you played Dragon Age Origins and you played a human noble, all that is from the Starks. <laughs> I shit you not. If I had the technology, I will run through the human noble campaign, the Stark, uh-huh. and I will put at the height of what happens to Ned Stark in King's Landing compare side to side with Arya and to the human noble to everything that leads up <laughs> to their the parents' death in the game to Ned Stark's death. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, so they literally pulled from a Game of Thrones um, and they just like, and they went more, obviously, origins with more of the mysticism than the Game of Thrones novels did. Right. The funny thing is, like, there is a lot of magic in that world, just, like, they never talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And they also were inspired by Star Trek. When, when you think of um, Star Wars and Star Trek, so when you look at the diversity in Mass Effect and Dragon Age, this is why I love this world, because everyone's a different texture, a complexion of a different race, even if it is Ferelden in the Dragon Age world, or when you're in space, you just see like Latin people, black people, Indian people, it's like Native Americans, like a whole, like, this is what I want the world to fucking be. Like, fucking Star Trek, Mass Effect, and Dragon Age. Like, we don't give a fuck about your skin tone. Yeah, in, in yeah. terms of Dragon Age, though, it's in terms of wealth. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, there's still a caste system, but we're working on it. <laughs> and we have a, a, a modern-day caste system as well, so there's very, you know, there's your, the realism in terms of the Bioware games. And then Mass Effect, um, it's literally like Star Trek meets Star Wars meets the fucking military. We have the military industrial complex within that fucking game as well. Dude, we got like fucking uh, like it. We have like um, corporate corporate espionage and shit like that. So like, bruh, <laughs> see y'all see why I love these fucking games, especially Mass Effect. Like, we, we're getting something where I wish the world was. Like, I'd rather be arguing with a fuck actual alien than some, a, a fellow human. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny when you think about, like, how weird humans are in general. Like, when you think about, like, aliens in, in media and all that, it's like, yeah, they're gonna, they gotta be so weird. It's like, well, aren't we also pretty, gonna be pretty weird to them? If anybody is with me on this, look up the, uh, look up the, the term, Hashtag uh, humans are space orcs, and any of those any of those uh, uh, stories will back me up on how fucking weird people are in context of the universe. See, case in point. It also said, further in the article it says the latter game was an Xbox original exclusive. It never received a sequel, but it's considered one of Bioware's most better one of Bioware's better games. Um, I haven't really finished Jade Empire because that game is straight up hand-to-hand combat. Huh. 
And that really shows the diversity between Bioware's games because Knights of the Republic, obviously Star Wars, you got your lightsaber battle game there. Um, right. Jade Empire, it's a martial arts game. And then going to Dragon Age, it's technically like, and I keep on saying it, it's D&D, but it's a video game. Dude, like, there is so much media that can be broken down and put into D&D terms, it is insane. Um, Mass Effect, and I already mentioned it numerous times, it's Star Trek, but you legit can create yourself in the game, and you can do what James Kurt or William T. Riker has always been doing, banging hot alien babes. <laughs> or dudes, if, you, if that floats your boat. Banging hot aliens. There you go. In Banging hot aliens. I, I I don't see the appeal of Garrus. Garrus the Garrus is a, is the ride or die. He's a ride or die homie. No, you don't see the appeal of Garrus. Damn, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> look, <laughs> even Garrus. Look, if I if Garrus was real, I know he'll be making fun of my looks. I'll be making fun of his looks. But guess what? We're homies. Exactly. Exactly. He's a real one. And, and that and his story in Mass Effect 3 is the best of all time. I had reach, she had flexibility. That is all you need. If you tell another person, I had reach, she had flexibility, they'd be like, oh! My dude. <laughs> or <laughs> my man. Hey, it'd be like, I was like, he, my kept man. On, he kept on saying it, and then when Shepard was like, "This, what happened?" Like I said, I had reach. She had reach. <laughs> I was like, "All right, Garris. All right, Garris. I see you. I see you." Now, I'm talking about the male Turians. The female Turians. You know what? I know people are gonna be like, "Really, does?" So know. you can, so you can see the appeal for the female Turians. Yeah. All right. So then, just picture that appeal, no. but on the male side, and no. there you go. You get people no. like Garrus. No, no. The the the, the female Turians look more anatomically correct, while the male Turians just look weird. Well, in terms of human physiology. I'm not talking about in terms of human physiology. I'm talking about like. For some reason, like Garrus is a soldier, and, and that's the that is the downside of it. We see more soldier male soldier Turians, so you have that they look more bulky than the female Turians. Female, yeah, female Turians look more. Yes, they can kick ass, and the reach, the flexibility part. Yeah, even though we're playing it um, they, in in the game, they played the flaps. Female Turians are fucking ninjas. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're playing with um, your crewmate in Andromeda or in the Mass Effect 3 DLC when you take it back, I'm um, taking back Omega uh, with Talon. Turians can get the fuck down. Oh, fuck yeah. Especially female Turians. They're ninjas. They're, they're fucking ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Um. Damn, I'm, 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 I'm getting that itch. I'm getting that itch to replay it. You getting that itch to play it? I'm getting that itch to replay them all. 
I think I know. I think I know what's gonna happen after podcasting. <laughs> Getting that itch, like I'm gonna be like, "Fuck Spider-Man!" I'm going right back into Mass Effect. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like I almost feel that itch too. I know. <sighs> All right, Andromeda um, wasn't like we said wasn't well received in the early games, but the criticism directed as a story, character animations, and quest design. In GameSpot's Mass Effect: The Drama Review. Critic Scott Butterworth found technical issues and disliked the characters. Now, this is one I'm going to come back. The characters in Andromeda I actually liked. It was it was the storytelling, honestly. Uh, for some people, it was the storytelling. Like, yes. Um, I'm going to agree it was the storytelling. It was like, it was flat. Um, but I did find the characters engaging. Like, Lee, um, Liam Acosta. This is the first legit, beside, well... You have Mexican American, which um, which would be Freddie Prince Jr.'s character in uh, Mass Effect Three, but you have someone who's from Brazil. You getting some instances of what Brazil would be like in the future. Yeah. Um, and this is like someone who's like it's so ingrained um, in that culture, but then also wants to succeed to make human humans to be better than what we were um, in the first three Mass Effect games. Right. Um, he wants like interconnectivity of everyone to just to get along. Um, Gil, who, depending on like he's the and technically Bioware did this first. Gil is technically Bi. Right. He's not inherent. Like they don't just knock it over your head. Like you can dictate if he ends up with if you make Scott gay, you can dictate Gil being with Scott. Right. Or when you find when you learn like you don't romance Gil, you find out Gil was in a relationship with another woman who wants to have his kid. Lots of diversity and lots of drama. <laughs> and you find out like he hooked up with her before and he has feelings for her before. Like he still technically has feelings for her. And you can dictate what happens with Gil. Right. Um Sarah, she can go either way as well. Um, the big one was, uh, oh, I want to say Sophie. I don't, I don't think her name was Sophie. Um, the only thick accent Irish woman read, like, the stereotypical record. I legit don't remember her name. I know, but she was so cool. Like, she reminds me of my friend Summer, who is gay. Like, you, you want this person as your best friend because she's level-headed. She's, I'm a... I'm no, I'm a, I'm an atheist, but she finds she's she has that balance, which is cool, of being a scientist and still keeping her faith. Well, that's cool. And that's that is a good representation of people who are faith based, but they are a scientist. And she finds right. and she can like blend the two and still keep the faith. And it also science does not negate faith nor vice versa. Yes. And like and then, and she don't also beat that over the head with like that's why that's why I felt the storytelling was great for her character because most games would just bash the fucking faith shit over the fucking head. No, she just lets you know this is who she is, and then y'all just keep going. She does now. She does does some shit to be like, why? Like, I get it. You're a scientist. You need to. This is this is a funny moment. She's talking weird, and I'm like, what's going on? And then she said, I licked a rock. What? Like, 
Like licked a rock? And it messed up her, uh, it swelled up her tongue. Why? Okay. She needs another property. She's like, most scientists does this. I'm like, uh, I, I was like, in my head. Is that like the same thing in Skyrim as when you pick up a random flower for the first time and eat it to find out like what fucking weird effects you get for the yeah. alchemy? And, and here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. At least we, our characters don't do it. A side character can do it. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm, I'm thinking, the first thing I'm thinking, we're in another part of the galaxy. And the first thing you want to do, we're on a planet, surveying a planet. You want to lick a rock that you do not know what it will do to you. We have Basically, all, we have all this tech that they can analyze it, but you want to go old school science and let it affect your body. Basically, what you just described is my entire issue with the movie Alien Covenant. <laughs> like, in, in a certain way, basically, your beef with that is exactly why I have issues with that movie. <laughs> I like Prometheus. There only is one. Prometheus, Prometheus, I liked, okay, Prometheus and Covenant I liked, but they definitely had issues, but I did like them. You want to know why I like it? Why? Idris Elba went out on his terms. He didn't get killed by no alien. He said specifically, we're going to make sure these don't make it back to Earth. So we're going to crash it. We're going to crash our ship into it. Because it's yep. already in the ship. Yep. So which means, now I think Charlie Theron got killed by an alien. Wait, in... In Prometheus? Wait, I don't think she was in Prometheus, was she? she? Yeah. Charlize Theron, Idris Elba, Norman Repays, um, David... He played Wong. Um, Benedict Wong. Play Wong. <laughs> Doctor Strange. He was in it. Um, they was He was in the ship crew. Um, Charlie, oh, Charlie oh, you're right. Charlize Theron was playing the um, executive... Um, the real villain was um, fucking um, Guy Pearce. Let's, Dude, let's, yeah. Let's keep, let's keep it one hundred. The real villain was Guy Pearce, not um, uh, fucking ah oh shit. What's his name? Um, Michael Fassbender. He, he's not. Yeah, David. not David. I think that was his character's name. Yeah. Until you get to uh, Covenant, though. Right. I I would never forget what they did to Norman Reedus. Oh, for real. I, I like the alien nothing alien franchise. Nothing wrong with Captain Watson. Like I like Captain Watson. She's cool. You know she's the daughter of that former lawyer. Uh, we played the lawyer on uh, Law and Order. His last name is Watson as well. That's his daughter, Captain Watson. Bill Watson? Yeah, that's his daughter, Captain Watson. Huh? Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Little tidbit. Little, you know, little callbacks, but um, you learn a lot of little tidbits on this podcast, eh? Yeah, but um, back on Mass, get back on Mass Effect. I don't, I feel Andromeda's story. Yes, it was lacking, but the characters were great. Um, Cora, she made sense of why she would be angry at Scott, or in this case, if you're playing with um Sarah, it makes sense why she would be. Now, my criticism is. Every time there's a fucking sibling in the Bioware game, one of the siblings are no longer in the group. I want a fucking Bioware game where the sibling stays from start to finish. 
Is that like a Bioware cliche at this point? Yeah, it is. Like Dragon like, Age. Well, things. Where's the other one? Like in Dragon Age Two. Um, this is a it's a mild spoiler for you. Um, okay. I'll, I guarantee you, I'll probably forget by the time we get there. When you start Dragon Age Two, whatever if you choose warrior or rogue, your brother automatically dies. <laughs> if you pick a mage, doesn't matter what gender. But if you pick as a mage, your sister dies. So that's right off the bat. There's no way to save him. What? It's just set character, set character trauma. Yeah, because and also because the class that you want to be. Yeah, that sounds very D and D esque. Um. So let's say you as you you go as a warrior. Um, your brother's gone. Now your sister's with you, who's a mage. She's technically with you for at least seven hours within the game. So by the end of the first chapter, going into the start of the second chapter, she can either get killed or taken away. Damn. Either way, you ain't got no sister for the next chapter. Yep, going in all through chapter two, you'll see her bits and bit um, often a little bit here and there. When you get to the last chapter, she's back. When you get to the end of the game, she's back with you. And the DLC that the final DLC that sets up Inquisition, they created a way where she comes on the mission with you. Damn. So, nice. It's like, um, to give an example, she was targeted as well. So the Chantry sent her with her brother to figure out why they're, her and her brother are being targeted. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, oh, well, she gets to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to go on a walk? <laughs> and trust me, it's a why, it's one of, I feel it's one of the hardest DLCs I ever played for Bioware. Oh, damn. It is harder than the Descent on Inquisition. It is harder than the final DLC for Inquisition, which is Trespasser. Like, and there's a secret boss fight that I tried to do. Fuck no. <laughs> I did it once and I'm never doing it again. Fuck. Um, but also, the studio is still in very, 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 very early stages of the nice Mass Effect game. It's unlikely we'll see too much of it for a very long time, possibly years. Um, in the meantime, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is set for next year, like we mentioned before. Um, and it will feature improvements, like we said before, to models, textures, shaders. Um, but it will not drastically change the experience compared to the original trilogy. Cool. Um, the concept image they gave was like three characters in a weird-looking ship that has two exhaust ports. They kind of look like a fucking... Um, it looked like, the inter- like a hyper-stylized Enterprise. Okay. I'm. I'm. Look, if they give us, here's the th- if they turn Mass Effect into an anthology game, where uh-huh. each entry is a different um, title. Yeah. I'm fine. It, it it would make sense for the world that they've set up already. 
Like, imagine a Mass Effect game where you're like a Han Solo, Han Solo type of a character. Like you, you like you are. You're dealing with like the S, not the espionage. Like you have nothing to do with the military. You just like. You're like running shit through like the Citadel. <laughs> yeah, like or back channels, like the back alleys, like the underground, seedy underbelly of fucking yeah. all these planets. Who knows? It's like maybe maybe the only cameo crossover you get is like you know the the Shadow Broker or something. Oh, which Shadow Broker, Liara or that Og or the Yard? See, that would be the interesting thing. Oh man, imagine me Liara again. Right? Tally. Imagine being part of that storyline like completely separately. I would rather have it either take some time before Mass Effect 1 or... Or after 3. Or after 3. Or sometime in the future. I could see that. I just, like, this is its own anthology. Or, like, it takes place in the same timeline, but if we, there's like you don't have to worry about any Reapers or Reaper tech. Yeah. Or pull a Star Trek Enterprise. You get in the first formations of human um, exploration in space. Or, you know, even bust like a Voyager-esque storyline. You're uh, out in space and some weird anomaly puts you into an uncharted territory. You got to make your way back or some shit. Technically, that's what Andromeda was. It, technically, but they already knew they were trying to get to the Andromeda Galaxy. But still, te- well, true, but technically, I would consider Andromeda Voyager. Uh, I like Voyager a lot better. I know, <laughs> I know you like Voyager better. I know, I know, I know. I'm a, I know. I'm a, t- I'm a TNG person. Um, and technically, everybody's like, what about Deep Space Nine? Now, if they there's, any- there's some Deep Space Nine fans, I'll tell you that. I know, but I'm saying, like, if you make a game centered around the Citadel, yes, you'll have a Deep Space Nine-esque game. Yeah. But I think the keeping it set on the Citadel, yeah, it'll be fine because we get to learn more about the Citadel, but on top of that, you're just regulating to one area. And the whole point of Mass, the Mass Effect series, including Andromeda, was exploring different planets and different sub um, subparts of the of the galaxy that they're of the nebula that they're in. So I'm like, I, I don't want to pigeonhole. Don't pigeonhole the massive game by setting us on one fixed place. Like if we're gonna fix this set, um, put us in another fucking nebula. Okay. Like we have the soul system. Um, we have a already done. Send us to. Hell, the Outer Rim. Damn, dude. I want to know about the Outer Rim. That's some. That's some. That's some shit. <laughs> oh man, this is like I said. Once again, this is. Uh, I can. We can go on and on and on, but we're gonna end it off right here. Ah. Uh. Man, it, it, we could we could talk into the night at uh, at infinitum of. Uh, what we would want from our perfect Mass Effect game. But yeah, you're right. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, once again, for listening to this. And listen to the rando, the random-ass topics <laughs> or tangents that is the giant conjugate robot. 
Um, we hope you like this this bit of, bit of content, and if you do, make sure you follow. Like follow us on SoundCloud and Spotify. Um, listen to the Night Out Show on KDHR. Um, we will this coming Thursday. We will talk about. Um, fuck it, it's gonna be rent. <laughs> I'll just right off the bat. It's gonna be a rant, and it's not more in terms of what the normal rants you get out of us. It's to let people know where yes, we have two new people in office, but we still have two two and a half months with this Cheeto finger and the damage that he can still do, and then the yeah. damage that is still going on in this country. And, and we'll we'll follow. It it ain't over. A battle was won, but the war is not. And we, it will follow up on next on the next giant contract robot. But in between then and now, you got artist talk. There's a new episode of um, Night Out up. Our Halloween episode, which I had a lot of fun, is also up. Um, the Halloween episode was awesome. So a lot of good content coming out of us, especially going into 2021. Make sure you follow Christian's Twitch channel. He's doing some good things. Good things. Damon Lama Writer on Twitch. And remember, everyone, always forward. Don't let whatever is getting you down, push you down, stop you from moving forward. Knock that shit down like you fucking lose cage. Get that coffee, even though you don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, people, you am trying to figure it out. What is it? Uh, what is it that we like to now say a lot at the end of here? Press on with pride, and press on with purpose.